It takes energy. It takes courage. It takes commitment. A hunger to live life at another level. A life of true fulfillment. Welcome to the Extraordinary Living Podcast, where Jackie Senatori interviews leading experts from around the world, extracting their wisdom, giving you the tools, tips, and tricks on how to go from ordinary to extraordinary. Get ready to start living a healthier and more empowered life. Here she is, your host, Jackie Senatori. Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're joining me today because today's show, we're going to be talking and learning about the importance of living by our values. Jonathan Sugai is a bodywork and mindset science expert who loves helping CEO entrepreneurs get more results in leadership and relationship mastery with axiology, the science of values, and mind-body science. Jonathan helps people overcome relationship challenges in business and family, helps maximize leadership and performance with mindset science, and helps people break through fears, anxieties, and dis-ease symptoms using the mind-body connection. Jonathan's experience comes from 20 years of practicing body work and massage and over 10 years as a coach and consultant in mindset and personal development. Today, he's coming on the show to teach us what values actually are and how not knowing or living by them can cause disconnection and breakdown in your life, in your relationships, in your health, or your business. This episode is for everyone, anyone who wants to learn how to live a healthier and more fulfilling life, how to see challenges are actually on the way and not in the way of what you truly want to achieve. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome him to the show. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Jackie. Thank you for uh, having me on the show and having a conversation with you. It's so great. You, I definitely wanted to have you on the show. And it's great that you're going to be somewhat first on the, on the podcast because you're somebody that has really impacted and influenced my life, not only personally, but coaching clients and, and just my overall day-to-day working with you and really understanding what we're going to talk about today, which is living by your values. So before learning about values or, or coaching with you or learning things that you've taught me about values, I used to think values were, you know, living with integrity or valuing being an honest person or a person on time. And then this whole other world opened up as it did for you on what living according to your values really means. So can you talk first about what is values and what does it mean to live by your values? Yeah, that is that is a big topic, and uh, you know we both have a teacher in common. Where you know you and I were uh, before we learned from this particular teacher. You know, I too thought values were again, you know, about you know being a good person, valuing justice, valuing um, just you know a certain way. And things really changed when uh, I happened to be at personal development seminar, and I got to hear about values. Uh, from the perspective of Dr. John Martini, a human behavior expert. And he actually talked about uh, a particular study of values, which is called axiology. And uh, Dr. John Martini, for those of you who may not be familiar with who he is, he's a human behavior expert. And uh, he's read 30,000 books. He has his own inst- private research and education institute. And he studied almost 300 different areas of study or 300 different ologies and the one that is about values is called axiology. 
And he said, out of all the areas of study, all the different ologies that he's encountered in his life and had the opportunity to really learn and master, um, he said axiology was the most important one and the least understood and the least known. Because actually, when he talked about it, that was the first time I ever heard that there was a study of values. And when he started to talk about it, I started to understand why it was the most important one. Because, you know, every, every human being lives by a set of values and everybody has a um, perspective on the world that is determined by their values. That's why no two people see the world the same way. We actually, all of us have a unique perspective on the universe. Right. You know, we see, we may have similar values, we may agree on certain things, but when we get down to the nitty gritty, how you, how I perceive things and how you perceive things, it's going to be filtered by our unique hierarchy of values. And that makes all the difference. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes us individuals. And it's the core of our being. It's the core of our essence. It's the core of our expression. And if you don't know what that is, life is much more challenging because our values is the filter on the world. And it determines how we perceive things. And I, another principle that I learned from Dr. Martini is that um, the three things we have control over in our life is our perceptions, our decisions, and our actions. And our perceptions are filtered through our values. So if we want to have control over our life and control over our direction in life, who we are and how we you know, ha- handle ourselves, our self-mastery, Knowing what my values are, knowing what your values are, is one of the key fundamental components. It's the first step. And then from there, you know, we have, you know, he, there are other ways to, you know, control our perceptions and our, how we perceive the world determines how we decide on things and then how we act on it. That's, it, it really goes into when someone says, well, this is reality. And what is reality? Reality, like you said, is according to how we see the world. My reality and your reality are different. And especially when we get into like relationships and marriages, it's sort of like a woman can have, and it doesn't have to be gender specific, but a woman can have values in this direction and then the husband has values in this direction and they can learn how both are important to the other and then how to help the other live in their highest values. So values is really important, I think, when it comes to just the relationship dynamic. Oh, absolutely. The reason why we have problems in relationships is because we have what's called values conflicts. And we expect ourselves to live by other people's values, um, or we try to live by someone else's values. And uh, we create what's called the, uh, the ABCDs of negativity, right. where we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves, of others, and the universe. The only uh, one true guarantee in life is that, uh, you know, I will live by my values and you will live by yours. And we can try to fight it. And when we, you know, when we start to talk about, uh, you know, diseases of the body, diseases of the mind, uh, conflict in relationships, and then even, you know, injuries, accidents, and catastrophes that occur that, you know, appear to be random, but they're really not, occurs Again, when we're not living according to our values, if we're living out of alignment in our values or we're trying to be someone we're not. So values, it seems, affects every area of our life, our relationships, our health, working. If we're not living, and and you're going to talk about, like we're going to go into specifics to tell people listening what living by your values is specifically. 
But right now, just as a whole, it sounds like what you're saying is that not living in our values really can make any area of our life break down. So the way to fulfillment is living by our highest values in each area of our life. Yeah, the the most efficient and effective way to having a fulfilling life is to know what your values are and to live by them. And using, you know, using your feedback, you know, the the feedback of the body, to use the feedback from your your own mind, your psychology is giving you feedback, your... um, your friends and enemies, your supporters and challengers are giving you feedback. And then things that, you know, big challenges that show up in life. Like, for example, right now we're recording during the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Right. There's lots of challenge going on and it's giving, you know, it's a crisis. And we create a crisis is an opportunity to really get clear about what, what is important to us. And that's dictated by our values, our true values in terms of, you know, looking at it from an axiology perspective. What is truly important? to us because sometimes we have to let go of things that we realize, you know, the things that we thought were important are not really that important. And in a crisis, you know, that's when we get super clear on what is. And if we can focus on that, that's what gets us through, you know, major challenges. And that's where the major growth comes down. You know, when there's a big breakdown, if we know what our values are and do, you know, whatever practices we have, healing practices, mental practices, centering practices to find their way through using our values. It's like the GPS, the G, you know, like a, you know, like the GPS navigation system, or actually one of my colleagues, we call it the genius priority system. Oh, that's great. Genius priority system. It helps us navigate through the crisis and come out the other side stronger. Yeah. Sort of like you have to break down. Sometimes you have to break down a breakthrough. Like one of the biggest things. Yes. That we realize and that you talk about in one of your talks was there has to be destruction or disruption to rebuild. So sometimes what looks like a crisis in our life is just a reorganization or a transformation to either grow to the next version of ourselves or as you and I both know and we'll talk about when you are off living from by your highest values, you attract feedback and that feedback can be like you said an accident, can be an illness when we're not when we're living by somebody else's values or trying to be something we're not. Yeah, values values is important, and again, a fundamental piece of learning from your feedback, learning from the hard knocks uh, faster. And again, wisdom is a byproduct of how quickly you can adapt. Right. And um, the more you're living in alignment with your values, your feedback tends to be milder. Uh, the more you're out of alignment with your values, the knock needs to be more intense, more acute. And actually, your symptoms, you know, initially, you know, are acute. They try to get your attention in a cute way. But if you keep ignoring them, right. then it starts to become acute. That's smart. So they're cute when, you're, when they're giving you little signs like, hey, wrong direction. Hey, that's not feeling good. And if you don't listen, then the train comes. We each have these unique set of values. And if we're not living by them, everything kind of falls apart. Yeah. Well, it, it, uh, that's how we perceive it. Right. Because again, you know, we were, you know, we're coming from this state of not being aware, being literally being unconscious or asleep. Right. And the, again, the feedback is designed to wake us up. And in that it's, you know, it's a transformational process. There's breakdown, but what's occurring simultaneously is a rebuilding of it's, and it's there, but uh, most people, you know, most majority of individuals are not trained to see it. So fortunately, you know, in addition to teaching about, you know, his students about values. Dr. Demartini also teaches his students the Demartini method, which is his other framework, his other set of tools to help 
manage the emotions and perceptions to be able to navigate through the stresses of life, whether, you know, it's uh, a breakdown in relationship, whether it's a breakdown in business, whether, you know, people, you know, people die, businesses die, you know, accidents, all kinds of whatever stresses that method is, you know, the, 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 um, the Swiss army knife of, uh, being able to navigate through it. <laughs> right. It's, that's a good way to describe it. it it's, it's the tool to help you reorganize what's being reorganized. I look at all those disasters now. I really do live by the principle that in every crisis, there's a blessing. In every breakdown, there's an opportunity. So all these businesses could be closing during this time or relationships reorganizing where we don't understand that why life is kind of happening this way or we think of it as bad luck when it's really just breaking down to rebuild something else. I'm curious, I know we didn't talk about it yet, of like how you got into, because it's different for me probably than it is for you. How did you get into John's work or Martin's work or the work of, of wanting to learn your values? Well, that uh, takes me to my, one of my major uh, crises uh, crises that occurred way back in 2009, and it was a relationship crisis. I had been in a relationship with my ex-girlfriend, or girlfriend, and she became my ex-girlfriend after about a year. And uh, you know, we fell quickly into love. You know, we we both ran the marathon together. We got to uh, we moved in together. We visited Egypt together, and then after about a year, it quickly as quickly as it started, it broke down just as quickly. And it was my first really long-term relationship. It lasted about a year. And uh, I thought I was okay, but quickly I discovered I was not because I found myself, you know, hanging out with friends, but uh, using a lot of uh, uh, alcohol. I was doing uh, beer and shot therapy uh, to deal with it. Right. And a common, a, it just, a common one. A common. Yeah. It's a, it's a very common strategy. Yeah. And, you know, for some people, it works for them. It was working for me for a little while. Um, however, then uh, I would happen to be at a bar hanging out with some friends. And there was, I had kind of gotten my hopes up thinking that, you know, I had a conversation with my ex and out of that, I perceived that there was a possibility of getting back together because actually I was missing her. And, uh, but then she responded back that it's, no, this is really over. And in a very um, strongly worded email, and it was a gut punch, a real gut punch to the gut. And I really, that's when I really felt it. And so my friend said, hey, why don't you come out and have some drinks? And so I was at, hanging out at this bar and I happened to see a, an acquaintance. Um, we met eyes, this woman, you know, we saw each other and we found out how we knew each other. And it turns out we had knew each other from a, a workshop we had both done together. And she just happened to start talking about, hey, by the way, you know, I've uh, been taking this seminar and, you know, it's really made a big difference in life. I've been getting more friends, more of this, more of that. And I thought, wow, that sounds great. Because right now I feel like I'm having a lot less of that. I'll, I'll have <laughs> I, what I'm you're not, having, feeling, right? I'll have what you're having because I'm feeling really less than. And she felt, you know, she was just, you know, she just had this energy that was like, okay, I want some of that. Whatever you did, I need that. Right. And so she happened to introduce me to a seminar and it was called the, uh, the Psy Basics Seminar. And uh, it's a well-known um, seminar company. They've been around for 40 plus years. And so... I attended the presentation and I was like, okay, you're not, this is for me. You know, the presenter said, this is the more seminar. And in that seminar, I took it a couple of weeks later. Um, I learned that to think is to create. That's, that's one of their core principles to think is to create. Right. That I can change myself by changing my thinking. Right. Which is, which so is a I, really big thing right now. in all the books you read, it's like change your, change your way of thinking, change your life. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, that's actually, you know, a very basic fundamental principle in personal development. 
but it was it was kind of new to me. And so I, I started to play around with that. I learned how, you know, through their work, uh, how to start to change my thinking. About a year later or a year and a half later, you know, I go through all their classes. You know, I'm more excited about life. I've made great new friends. And, you know, I've, um, I felt like I've made progress, but there was still something empty inside. There was still, or if anything, the wound was still, I was still hurting. And I was still um, having uh, a lot of negative uh, feelings and emotions about my ex. So while I did make progress, there was still more work to do. So fortunately, Psy Seminars had an event where they brought in other speakers. And one of the speakers was Dr. John Martini. And he was talking about values and values from the axiology perspective. And he, he uh, taught that, you know, again, values is about uh, priorities. It's about uh, what's most important to us and that everybody has a unique set of values. And that if we're living by them, uh, you know, we have more fulfillment. And then he took us through his um, values determination process. So he took us through 13 questions to help us identify what my values actually are as opposed to what I thought they were or what I think they should be. And so going through that process, when I did the exercise, before I went into that, I was, again, thinking, oh, I should be in a relationship. I, should, I shouldn't even be at this seminar spending all this money away from my business. The beauty, the beauty of should, right? The beauty yeah. of every time we say, hey, I should... That's like the key word yeah, to feedback. know that we're not. Yeah. That's one of the feedbacks. If we're shooting on ourselves, we're actually taking on, as I discovered, somebody else's values, whether it's right. society or, you know, an authority figure. So it could be par- parents. So a lot of those shoulds were, yeah, ex-girlfriend, parents, society. So I was shooting on myself, beating myself up. But then when I actually did the exercise and I actually looked at what I was actually demonstrating in my life and the best indicator of what your values are is what you're actually doing, what you're actually, how you're actually behaving, what actually is, and you actually look at the data, I realized I was actually on track. I was actually meant to be there because I loved learning. I loved my work. And on the values list, nowhere on it was being in a relationship with having a romantic relationship. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually on track. I'm okay. For a moment, a lot of that brain noise, a lot of the shoulds quieted down. Right. I, you know, I can speak to a little bit, you growing up, even as a female, you think I need to be married by 25 and I need to have this house with the white picket fence and the 2.5 kids and this whole, what we know as to be a fantasy that we're creating. And it might not even be congruent with our actual values. It's what somebody told us life should look like. And it became what we wanted. So when we're not achieving it or when some people can't have that child or they can't find that relationship, it's really, it could possibly be it's not according to your values. It's not actually your real authentic values. So one of the things, and you talk about how to know you're not living by your values. How do you know if you are or aren't living by? Well, first step would be to actually know what they are. By The wisest thing to do would be to actually do the uh, Demartini values determination process. And so, uh, fortunately, it is on his website, uh, Dr. Demartini's website at drdemartini.com. And on the front page, there's a free values determination. So at the time, he didn't have it online. But for um, listeners, they can go check it out uh, if they're curious about to f- uh, find out what your values are. Once you identify what your values are, and again, you're looking at what you're demonstrating, uh, your behaviors uh, are the best indicator. 
not what you think it should be, not what you wish it, wish it could be, not what it was, what you're actually doing right now. And the, co- the questionnaire is designed to help you gather the data and see the patterns. Then you can look at, okay, you're going to have different kinds of feedback. Okay, some are going to be uh, physical feedback. So that's what uh, we call the, the inner ecosystem. So there's physical feedback, your disease symptoms, your headaches, your back pain, whether you catch a cold, if you have digestive issues, it can go all the way to, you know, in your case, Lyme disease. Um, in my case, um, you know, we will talk about, you know, my struggles when I was living outside of my values. Actually, I had alcohol addiction symptoms. So that's, you know, different disease symptoms are letting you know if you're living in alignment with your values or not. The more you're living by your values, your symptoms tend to be mild and you have less of them. They're less, less of them and less intense. So you talked a little bit about how you got the feedback. How did you get the feedback of not listening or living by your values? Yes. So, so in tw- uh, the first time I did values determination was in 2010 and it was with Dr. Martini. Just doing that was a big wake-up call. And I realized, okay, I need to go actually go learn more from this man. So for the next few years, I dove deeply into his work. I actually attended his Breakthrough Experience Seminar that's where I got to learn both about more, more on values. I also got to expose to the uh, Demartini D- method, his tool for helping manage emotions and breaking through stress. Mm-hmm. And then I started taking his advanced seminars. And then he also has a program to teach people how to um, be a facilitator in the Demartini method and to use it as a coaching tool. I went through that program. And while I was doing all this, you know, I was still running, you know, working as a massage therapist and I had my massage practice in Hawaii uh, with my family. And so I was continuing to do that. But then I was also um, empowering myself and really immersing myself in the uh, world of mindset through Sai and through Dr. Martini. Now, what was happening was that I was really, really seeing the potential and the benefits of the mindset side of things. Like I could see, like I could work with people, you know, not just in Hawaii, I could work with people nationally and internationally. So I met, so I met you, it's a good story. I met you in the Demartini um, practitioner program or training program. Mm-hmm. And for people listening, Jonathan was one of the best of how you understood the work and then how you explained the work in actual practice. Like you were just the man that really understood it and were teaching all of us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I um, uh, appreciate the way, you know, that you saw me that way. And, but there was a downside to that. I was getting so immersed in that work. I was actually starting to resent my past, resent my other practice, which was working as a shiatsu and a bodywork practitioner. It got to a point where I became certified as a facilitator. You know, Dr. Martini has a certification program. And I was struggling. So even though I, I accomplished this major goal, I actually, again, felt a little lost and struggling to think, okay, how do I put the two together? I couldn't see it at the time. And then um, I was in my office one day and I was, you know, racking my brain and thinking, how do I put the two together? How do I put the two together? And then I heard this voice in my head say, move to Houston, which -hmm. is where Dr. Martini is based out of. And I spent, you know, that's where actually you and I met in person. Right. Um, And, uh, I heard, yeah, I heard this move to Houston. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. But then I was scared. I had not ever lived outside of Hawaii. Um, I actually made a, you know, 
looking at where to, what to do after high school, you know, I actually made a decision to stay in Hawaii instead of go away for school. And, you know, that's what got me to become a massage therapist. And I'd been practicing for many years. But there was still a part of me that wanted to go, you know, experience life out of Hawaii. So, so that idea, some of it was, was that void, you know, that, that perceived missing out on, you know, like having a life outside of Hawaii. But also, I was actually getting encouragement from you and others to say, you know, hey, you know, this, this is, you know, you're really good at it. Go, go do this. You know, I I remember that time really great. And people are going to hear what crisis ended up happening from that. But I really look at it as like everything that happens to us is on the way. And Houston was a huge part of your transformation. But I remember it it was a really necessary step. A lot of people you were coaching were in Houston. A lot of people that would kind of be all around you asking for coaching were in Houston. All the trainings were in Houston. And you just were really masterful at it. So I... I totally see and I remember why it was the next step and you were excited about it. And then, you know, the we're often excited about our goals and, and that step was one step towards a storm of transformation. So what happened? What happened next? Yeah. So, so I, you know, I entertained the idea for a few days and I decided, okay, you know, what? let's go for it. So I decided very quickly to shut down my massage practice, move to Houston. I found a place. And, you know, I already had clientele and, you know, the beauty of the coaching work is that because you can work over, um, over Skype or over telephone, you know, I could work with people from pretty much anywhere. So I ended up packing up and moving out of Hawaii. I made the big jump from, you know, Hawaii, a little, little state of less, you know, around a million people to Texas, (laughs) Houston, Texas, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. So it was a big leap and it was a big risk and I was excited about it. And initially for the first few months, I thought, okay, you know, I'm, you know, this is working. And actually this was uh, 2013 into 2014. Dr. Demartini also started to have his official training program on values. And he actually launched it in Japan that year. So I actually flew to Tokyo from Texas to go become uh, licensed in his uh, values methodologies. And so, you know, I think thought things were going great. However, what I started to notice, I actually started to feel stressed and I started to feel anxious. And so a lot of anxieties were coming up. And so I started to actually, um, I hadn't, I stopped drinking for uh, a few years and I started to drink again to deal with, to cope with the stress. Your feedback, which was from the past and then feedback there was when you started drinking that, that to you was like a sign of something's off the universe kind of gives you your own body, your own soul in a sense, gives you feedback usually when you notice yourself drinking or, or that kind of thing. You know that's feedback coming in that something, something's off. Yeah. Um, I had learned about it from Dr. Demarty that if we're not living by our house values, addictive behavior starts to show up. So alcohol addiction. I was actually uh, smoking uh, cigarettes to cope with the stress. And I knew this. I actually knew this. I was actually watching myself go through this until it finally got to a point where there was one night I was so stressed out. I ended up drinking two bottles of wine and I woke up with the meanest hangover the next morning. Right. And, you know, I actually, I stumbled out of bed, head pounding, all woozy. And I'm feeling like crap. I'm feeling like, you know, just so hungover. And I'm like, I've had enough. That was like your low point. Yeah. And I realized, okay, yeah, I am 
I, I, I get it. I'm really out of alignment with my values. Something's off here. Fortunately, you know, the Demartini community is filled with wonderful facilitators from different walks of life. So I had a great relationship with uh, a woman named Lisa Dion, who's a facilitator, but she's also more known as a synergetic play therapist. She actually has her own institute and she works with children and she teaches them how to work through their uh, stresses and traumas. But, and she's also a facilitator uh, in the Demartini Method. So I reached out to her and I said, hey, you know, I need some help. Because I, during my studies, I'd learned about a, um, Demartini has a, um, a particular protocol called the Demartini Alcohol Addiction Protocol. And he actually explained it to me uh, in class. So I was aware of it. And I knew that Lisa, I'd learned that Lisa had um, been, you know, actually taken, you know, dozens of clients through that process. So I knew she was, she was the one to turn to. So I reached out to her and say, Hey, I need some help. And so we started working on it. And one of the first questions um, in that process, in contrast to, you know, 12 step and other, you know, existing protocols, is we actually confront the addiction, we actually confront the behavior. And we actually ask, what's the benefits of the drinking? Because any behavior will only be done because we're having benefit. We're doing. We're getting benefits, even though we think we shouldn't be doing it. And I thought I shouldn't be drinking. I was still drinking. Right. So we had to ask the question: What was the benefit of the drinking? And in that first step, we have to answer that question with at least 150 benefits. So in that first session over Skype with Lisa, we just started. I just started coming up with benefits. I was just digging in deep and just allowing my subconscious mind to surface the benefits. And that's the purpose of the question to bring the unconscious conscious. And it was benefit 42 that hit me. And the point of it is to find the benefits that bring, bring tears to the eyes. You realize, oh, that's why I'm doing it. And it was benefit 42. Alcohol helps set me free. And when I said that, I bawled. And I realized, oh my God, I created a trap for myself by trying to move to Houston, by trying to be, you know, just you know, do the mindset work by abandoning my um, Hawaii and abandoning my massage practice. That's why I'm drinking. And that was the first step to, you know, just to become aware of, of the decision I made. And, you know, as great an idea as it was, it wasn't totally in alignment with who I truly am. So it was a huge wake up call. So that was, that was the big epiphany that came out of that experience. And it was just the first step. There were other steps in the process, but it got me started. So then I, I ended up going back to Hawaii to go chill out. Um, and I actually restarted my massage practice. And I was continuing my work with Lisa. I had to work through other steps in the process to get my head on straight and my mind clear, work through all the emotions. But by the time I was done that summer, I was clear that, okay, you know what, Houston was a step forward, but it wasn't a long-term play. What do you think, looking back, Houston was for you? Like when we look at, you know, it was part of being on the way. What do you think that you got from making that choice? So I guess my, my question would be, you know, if you didn't go to Houston, what would be the drawback if you never took that step? I would not have created, you know, I actually co-created a, uh, a disease, a crisis that was the biggest I had ever dealt with. So if I did not go to Houston, I would not have created such a big challenge, such a big crisis, such a big problem that it took, it took so much courage to even go there in the first place. And then it took so much courage and strength to be able to realize, okay, you know what, this isn't working. And it took courage to, to um, pivot back to Hawaii and to really dive deeply into the work of, you know, 
using the Demartini method, using the uh, addiction protocol, using the values work, using my knowledge, everything I had learned, I was actually putting it into practice because actually I was aware of what I was doing and I was aware of, you know, the concepts, but I, it was intellectual to me. I didn't put the knowledge into practice. And so that was a big opportunity to really put the knowledge, everything I had learned over the past few years into practice and to work on me. I was actually doing great helping people, working on others, but I wasn't taking care of myself. Right. So it was a big wake-up call for me to actually do the work on me and ask for help and get help and work on me because there were things that I needed to work on and it came up at the perfect time. Right. Um, it, it was painful. It was uncomfortable, but it was so necessary. The pain was a gateway. The pain was a pathway for me to actually reconnect with who I am because I had actually started to forget who I was. I was dismembering myself with, my, with some of the decisions, and, but they were necessary. And so it was an opportunity to re- remember who I am. And so I realized that I, I am a mind and body expert, but starting with the body first, because that was my journey. I'm a body work and mindset science expert, not just, I was trying to be just mindset. It let you connect the two now of both of them kind of came together at that moment. And then also like what I hear is like putting the, you got the experience or strengthened the muscle of living through it as opposed to intellectually understanding it. Yeah, I actually got to go work through it myself. Yeah. Actually, you know, feel the symptoms, see what was happening, identify what it is and actually go work on it. Go figure out where the wounds were and do a lot of healing on the wounds. Right. And, um, and, you know, coming out stronger as a result of it. And uh, I felt more empowered, more whole, more confident. And, you know, it gave me a great story to tell. And I got to use that story um, to really share my journey about, you know, what it, what it actually, it was such a beautiful example and how, you know, how a great idea turned out to be actually not truly my own. And it was actually other people's values. Um, and it created an internal conflict within myself. And I had to, you know, I had the disease symptoms to give, to let me know the addiction, you know, the alcohol addiction symptoms. And using my body to help navigate myself back to me being me. And when I, when I was able to navigate through all that, I came out the other side much stronger. I got to go back to Hawaii, rebuild my practice. You know, I got it, took it from, rebuilt it from scratch to well over six figures within a year. And actually, that was the best I had ever done. And, you know, I, I was, you know, on my way again. So. And now you really get to impact people on a different, deeper level too. Because you understand sometimes coaches, it's like we're coaching people and you can be coaching and making these huge impacts in people's lives. And then it's like, well, now it's the coach's time to go to the next level or to even grow. It's like there was this growth opportunity that now when you coach people and now when you teach and you speak about values, it's just so much more integrated because you know what it's like to not live from your values, what it's like to get like sideswiped, even though you consciously knew something's wrong. Like this is feedback and I needed help to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for, for people listening, what if we, if we don't have to go through the whole process, but like what is something like an example of a value? My values would be, you know, kids and family, health and self-improvement, self-empowerment, personal growth is kind of in that same bucket. Like nobody has to remind me to focus and do things that are healthy. You know, I have morning rituals that I do because I know self-care and my health is in the top three. So what would be like your top three values? And then how can someone, like what would be one of like the first or questions? It's a 13 uh, 
there's 13 questions or 13 values determinants. Uh, we'll just go over the first four. They're the most tangible. Okay. So the first question in the process is, how do you fill your space, which is what's most important and most valuable to you? So your tangible items, the items that you hold value in that are important to you, you tend to keep around you and keep close to you. So we actually look at your actual physical space. And it can be either, you know, you know, if you have a business, you know, people who have a value on a business and have a business tend to pick their office. Uh, people who, you know, uh, family-oriented individuals who have a value in family tend to pick their house or a part of either the whole house or part of the house. Like, you know, they have their own home office or maybe their kitchen or their living room, whatever. So we, you pick a space that's most important to you. And again, it's going to be based on that person's values. Hmm. So in my case, I usually, I pick my office, which I'm actually speaking to you right now. In my personal space, my, and it's also my professional space because I have my massage practice and my coaching practice and I run them out of the same office. I identify, you know, what are the most important things? You know, if my office were to catch on fire, what would be the top three things I would grab? Right, yes. Because <laughs> often in a crisis, we start, we really get clear on what our priorities are. Right. So I would definitely grab my phone. I would grab my laptop. Make sure I have my money on me. Grab my bag. You know, we want to identify the actual objects that we would, you know, keep close to us. And yeah, in a crisis, we want to make sure we have it on us. Like for right. example, our smartphones, right? We have so much. It, they create it created so much value, and it fulfills so much of our values. Yeah, I feel naked if I don't have my phone. Right. I don't know how about you. Do you feel so naked if, if you don't have your phone? I do. So let's say like someone will say, well, I always have my phone around me, but my phone on me and your phone on you can be speaking to different values. Like mine could be so I can socialize or so I can, you know, read inspiring quotes that I like or like personal development things or watch videos. So it's like when someone chooses their phone, what specifically is it about your phone? Is that what you ask? Yes. So we identify the objects and then we ask the follow-up question, okay, what what purpose or what value does it fulfill? What do you use it for? So for me, I you know, my phone actually helps me communicate and it actually helps me with my relationships. Right. I, I see this as a relationship, a device that helps me fulfill my uh, relationships, my relationship with my with my wife, my family, and my clients and my friends. So, you know, for me that it, it fulfills the relationship bucket uh, in my life. So relationships is on your top three values? Yeah. And my computer, I have a business, you know, I have my massage practice and coaching practice. And uh, I would definitely grab my MacBook Pro, you know, it's what I'm using right now. This is, you know, to me, this is, you know, a combination of business, combination of using right now. I, or I run my business, you know, off this laptop. That's the value it, that would fulfill. And then, you know, I have a value on, you know, money. So, you know, I carry um, a portion of my savings in my pocket and I don't spend it. You know, it's a, it's a significant mon- chunk of money. But, you know, it just sits in my pocket. It's part of my savings. I learned how, how to save money from Dr. Martini. So why so, is it that you keep it on you? And instead of like in a bank account, like what does it, does it energetically, vibrationally do something? What's Yeah, there's a, well, there's a practical purpose and there's an energetic purpose. So I keep a portion of my savings in my pocket and I don't touch it. So for emergency use only. And then energetically, it represents, you know, me valuing me. And if I don't value me, then the universe isn't going to value. Other people aren't going to value me. Right. And I learned that from Dr. Martini because he carries a portion of his savings in his, uh, you know, suit, 
you know, so I learned that practice from him. And actually, you know, I also saw a couple of other individuals. There's one friend um, in Hawaii. He's very successful and he's financially wealthy. And that's what he does as well. So it's, it's, it's actually a, a great book was uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. Oh, yeah. That actually mm-hmm. that idea came from The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. So for those uh, our listeners that would love to learn about empowering themselves financially, that's a great book to read. And it's about saving money and yeah, valuing money. So the first one is, how do you fill your space? The second one is, what is the purpose of the items that you fill your space with? Yeah, it, it's, it's still within that first question. Okay. Um, it's sort of a follow-up to that. You know, like you actually want to start to perceive what, the, what, what that object represents to you. Okay, so then yeah. number two question. Yeah, the second uh, values determinant is um, how you spend your time. Okay. How do you spend your time? We spend our time according to our values. So anything that's important to us, we uh, spend the time, we make the time, and we have the time. Anything that's not important to us, we say, I, didn't, I don't have time for that. Right. I ran out of time for that. So we're looking for how you're actually spending your time. And you take a look at your typical day and your typical week. And you actually literally count the hours. And you can categorize them. And the categories are going to be representative of what your values are. So again, if you have a value in family, you're going you're gonna to see in your schedule the hours you devote to whatever family activities, raising the kids, taking care of them, cooking for them, you know, whatever the activities you call family. And it's going to be a little different from person to person. For individuals who have a business, so for myself, um, you know, I have my massage practice and coaching practice. You know, I look at my schedule and, you know, I see my appointments with my clients. Now, this is the time of, you know, this is... Uh, the Corona pandemic time, and we're you know about what uh, about a month into it, yeah, right, two months into it. So my schedule is a little different because I actually needed to shut down my massage practice, right. So I'm not seeing my massage clients at the moment, so I had to pivot. So how I had to think about okay, how could I still get my value on doing body work fulfilled? So one of the st- alternative strategies I came up with was to actually use the stretching that I would use with my clients in practice, and I was actually doing Facebook live streams on them. So for individuals who are on the listening to this podcast, if you want to see me do the stretches that I do with my clients, you know, find me on Facebook and you can see them online or you can check out my YouTube channel. We'll have the links in the notes. So I'm teaching stretching online uh, through Facebook live streams. And then um, because I have a value on, you know, again, the mind-body connection and healing, to me, that's all healing. You know, the mind and body are, are one and the same to me. I've been doing a lot of uh, work with my coaching clients, but also I've stepped up my own work with, I work with three other facilitators and we've been doing work on ourselves and we trade. So I've been actually, I was doing about three to four hours a week prior to the uh, Corona pandemic. I've now stepped it up to about uh, seven to eight hours per week on me. And then I'm spending seven to eight hours giving back and being in fair exchange with the three facilitators I work with. So if anything, I'm spending a good, anywhere between uh, 14 and 16 hours doing mindset work, half of it on me, half of it on the people who help me, I'm helping them. So I've pretty much adapted that way because I, I, you know, it freed up the time from the body. Now, the cool part is that I'm also using, you know, I actually had some body ache symptoms this past week. So I actually was doing the Demartini method on my body and trying to find you know, what old baggage, what, you know, old episodes from my past that I was, you know, ungrateful for. And I had judgments and all that. And I could work on them. 
And it was really cool because I could, as I was breaking through them with the method, I could feel the change in my body and I could feel my physiology change and my psychology change. So I was really getting to practice uh, the mind-body connection and really getting to, you know, experiencing it for myself again, just the way I did, you know, a number of years ago working through my addiction symptoms. So people like you do that because it's of your values, right? So everything that we do that nobody has to ask us to do, like nobody has to say, Jackie, get up and do your morning routine. I like it because it's according to my values. So for the people that are getting up and let's say at a job they don't like, or they're doing it because they have to make money to pay their rent, but it's not something that they value. Is that if they're spending the most hours doing that, is that of their values or are they living... So let's say someone's like, well, my top value isn't working. I have to work. That's not something that I would choose to do. What do you say to... Is that still on their values? Well, they are still making a choice. They are still choosing to work. However, individuals work for... So let's say you know someone who's an employee, um, they work for a company to get their values fulfilled. So people, employees are in a job to get their values fulfilled. Now, the job may not be, it, the job itself may not be their most fulfilling thing, but it is a means to an end to get their, you know, to pay for their family expenses, right. to pay for their fitness, to pay for whatever else. So again, it, the job may be a means to an end. Now, okay. ideally, you know, the most fulfilled individuals in life tend to be individuals who are doing what they love and loving what they do. So what they actually do for a living as a vocation is what they love doing, is actually truly their highest value. Right. So that's one of the secrets to fulfillment. And actually, uh, for those of our uh, listeners who've read The Secret, Dr. T. Martini makes a joke about The Secret. He said, the secret to the secret left out of the secret is congruency and alignment with your values. The secret to the secret left out of the secret is congruency and alignment by living by what your values actually are. We can think positively. Right. We can think to, you know, to think is to create. I learned from Sai, right. but they also didn't have the framework to identify what my values are and then how to go about living by them. And so that's where um, uh, Martini's work helped me answer that question. And it was a question I didn't even, didn't even, I wasn't even aware that I needed answering. But once I learned about it, I realized, wow, this is a big piece of the puzzle. And it's a necessary piece of the puzzle for fulfillment. And that's what I was actually seeking, more fulfillment in my life. I'm just so grateful that I was able to attract that into my life because I actually was seeking it and I was able to find it. And then I had to go through my own challenges and crises to really learn it on a deep physical, psychological, energetic, spiritual level through that challenge. Right, like get it in the muscles of experience rather than intellect. Okay, so yeah. we have we have the first one. The first one is, what do you fill your space with? Mm-hmm. And then the second one is, how do you spend your time? That, yes. How do you spend your time that nobody tells you how to spend your time? Like if you could do anything today, what would you be doing? And that's what your values are. So the third one would be... Third, third values determinant is about energy. The question is, what do you spend your energy on and what energizes you most? So this goes back to the question about, okay, yeah, there's people out there that are in a job. They don't love the job. It's not what they love doing, but they're doing it anyway, right? right. So they are spending their energy there because they are making a choice and that job 
at the moment is still fulfilling their other values. So they do have a value on it, but it may not, may not be their highest value. Because again, it's getting their other values fulfilled. Right. Like Whether it's job. family or hobbies, occupation, their education, you know, whatever, whatever they identify it is. Right. So like the job would help me pay for to take care of my kids or the job mm-hmm. would help us go on that vacation or get that mm-hmm. house or, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, so we want to actually look at how the energy is spent because actually it is, a, it is feedback. It is data on your values. But we add in that little extra question, what is most energizing to you? And for individuals who may not, again, are not doing what they love and loving what they do in terms of their vocation, there may be, they, there's usually something that they are doing, but it may not be the, they haven't made it their life's work yet. Right. It could be still in the hobby stage. Right. It could still be, you know, or maybe it's a business they just started, but it's not paying all the bills. So that's why they need that second job or that other job, or it's a side business. You know, it's still not, it hasn't, you know, they haven't put enough time. They haven't built up enough momentum because it, it does, you know, to get a business started, it does take years. Right. Yeah, it does take years of dedication and hard work. So we also want to identify what is most energizing. And, it's, and it has to be actually something they're actually doing. It's not what they think it should be. It's not what they did before. It's not what they're actually doing right now. And there is something. It's there if we look. Most people are going to dodge the question. And usually it's because, you know, when they think about it, they're going to, you know, they're going to be stressed about it. They're going to have emotions about it. The amygdala, the animal part of the brain is going to answer, you know, it's going to react to that question. So, you know, as a facilitator, I have to catch them and hold them accountable and say, okay, no, you are actually doing something that is truly energizing. It may not be the thing you're doing most, you know, you may not be spending the most time about it, but it's there. There's something there. And we really want to identify that because usually that's, that right there is if we if we become more aware of what that is and honor it and nurture it, put the time into it, eventually, you know, it starts to grow into something that truly is, you know, again, the most inspiring thing and the most fulfilling thing. We don't even take a look and we ignore it and we disregard it and we don't honor it and nurture it. You know, it's like a plant. It dies. Right. Or it doesn't grow beyond, you know, because again, we're not paying attention to it. We're not giving it the love it truly deserves. Or you can do it for some time and then you'll get feedback or a breakdown will eventually happen. It's like when people Mm -hmm. start something new and they're not really doing it because of their values, like whatever, a New Year's resolution exercise is a common one. And then a month later, they're not doing it anymore because people always tend to go back to what they actually value will eventually come up. You You can't live by injected values for that long without some feedback, right? Just like, you know, in my case, yeah, living in Houston was in, was uh, what we called an injected value, meaning it was, I was again, trying to live by other people's values, trying to please other people. And in the process, I was actually displeasing myself, which again, the addictive behaviors was a compensation for that, but also feedback to me to actually take a look and wake up to that. So what would be the fourth um, value? So just so people are listening. So the first one is how you fill your space. The second one is how you spend your time. The third one is what energizes you or where do you put your energy? And the fourth one is... How you spend your money. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. People so, always again, have money for things that they value. You know, people can say, oh, I don't have money for that. But then they will go and spend money on something, what, what you could think is ridiculous, but that's according to their values, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you will, you know, we will spend our money. I will spend my money according to my values. We can look at your credit card statements. You can look at your, if you have a business, you look at your tax expenditure, you know, your write-offs. You can start to categorize them according to your values. So like, you know, again, Amazon, 
knows what your values are. Right. <laughs> Facebook knows what your values are. They have the data. Right. They can see, and that's what they're looking for. Google, Facebook, Amazon. They're looking for patterns in the data. They can see it. Even so just, if they're doing it, why not you? You know, Right. Just like what you're reading about, what you're browsing about. Mm-hmm. If when you start to pay attention, you're going to see, you know, when I have a spare few minutes, am I socializing? Am I focused on buying kids stuff? Am I focused on mm-hmm. business stuff? Mm-hmm. Kind of like even like what you're obsessed about maybe a little bit. I feel like we all mm-hmm. have something that we kind of obsess over. And mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. let's say people finish all those values and they can even like work with someone like you. I know you do coaching and it's just such a great session or two to really work with you and get clear because sometimes it can be tricky when doing it yourself. You can really pull out, you know, the the true values are the ones that are really real for people. So let's say people do this work or they do a session with you and they get their top three values. What do you do once you have like these three top values? Like what's something, what do you use them for? Yeah, once you know what your, what your values are, then when you have, when you have uh, opportunities or making, you know, you're, you're going to be making decisions daily, you can start to check in with your decisions, your daily okay. decisions. Okay. So you're making sure you're living by those or incorporating those. Yeah. And then now, now you're now you can run them against your your values framework, your hierarchy of values. You can ask the question, okay, does this is you know this opportunity? So let's say you know when you asked me to be on this podcast, I actually ran it against my values. I said, okay, is this in alignment with my values? Yes, because this is again we're going to be talking about the work that I love, right? And we're going to be talking about my journey, and you know this actually you know, again helps you. Helps me, you know. I have a relation. You know, I have. Uh, I love relationships. We've we've known each other for many years, and it's been a while since we've actually had such a, a long conversation together. We were we were both so, in, the, in the growth tunnel. I say we mm-hmm, were we were mm-hmm. both upgrading upgrading through transformation storms to to be exactly. able to serve even more. Yeah. So in deciding to um, you know be on this podcast, yeah, it fulfilled my value on uh, the my body connection in business and fulfilled my value on on re- building relationship. Because then, build, you know, this deepens our relationship. Having this conversation, and then also your listeners will have the opportunity to get to know me. If anybody wants to um, learn more about this work, and if they want to learn about it from me, we have a, we have a, a start. Yeah, where so, can people where can people find you? You can find me uh, online. My website is uh, sugai s u g a i dot solutions, and then I also have my massage clinic in Hawaii. It's based in Honolulu. And it's called the Alignment Center for Body and Mind. And the website is uh, hialignmentcenter.com. And then you can just do a Google search or search for me on Facebook. I'm the only Jonathan Sugai on Facebook, fortunately. And I'm also on YouTube as well. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. So there's many different ways to follow me and reach out to me. Well, I like to end it with a couple of questions just at the end. So the first one is, what is success to you? And what does success look like in your life? How do you know at the end of the day you're successful? Success is about uh, fulfillment to me. You know, I, and actually values plays a big part. I, uh, when I, at the end of the day, when I know that I've you know, lived by my values, you know, I was of service to my clients. I was of service to the people around me. And I also felt like I was you know, getting to do what I love to do and share all of me. You know, I'll count that as a success. Yeah. So like today, um, you know, getting to share my story and get to teach and to uh, reconnect with you and also connect with our listeners. That's very fulfilling. The more one does this work, when you're truly, when I am truly fulfilled, I feel my heart open. My heart warms and it opens and I get a tear in the eye. So I'm actually, you know, feeling that right now. That's what success is to me. 
to know that I did everything I could. I made a difference and you know, I get to, I get to do it again. And so I'm doing what I love and loving what I'm do, doing and I'm feeling the warmth in my heart and I'm seeing the results for myself and for who I'm uh, being of service to. That's uh, what, that's what's truly most meaningful to me. And, you know, it took a lot of work to get here. It took a lot of work to get here. Uh, but every step on the way, every challenge, every breakdown, every painful experience, I've taken the time to look at both sides of it, to count my blessings in them, and to really, you know, learn the lessons through reflection and through this work, you know, really find meaning in it. And so, you know, in this time of the pandemic, where you know, I, I was saying on my live streams, you know, we've been, you know, for many of us, we've been given the gift of time. A lot of our distractions have been taken away from us. Or, you know, or we've, you know, having, having to make the choice to step back from them. And so I've had the, a lot of time to really reflect on things and do the work and really explore and find the lessons. And the more I do that, the more I appreciate my life. And then I can share that appreciation with others in my work. So again, it's a rinse and repeat process. And fortunately, I learned some of the basic fundamental frameworks, questions, processes, and it's just a rinse and repeat. And Every time I find a new lesson, a new wisdom, a new blessing, um, it just adds to the wisdom and I get to share it. You know, I get to share this wealth of wisdom in my work and my stories and who I am and how I you know, show up in life. So it's a process. It is a process, but it's a, it's a beautiful process. And so, you know, for our listeners, uh, hopefully get at least one nugget of wisdom, at least one nugget of wisdom. And, uh, you know, you can choose to do something with it, what, however you choose to do it, whatever you choose to do with it. You know, I'd love to see, you know, I'd love to hear about it, do something with it and make a difference in the world for yourself and for others. Well, thank you. And, and you know, thanks so much for being you and going through all of these lessons and blessings and share the, sharing them with everybody. I know I've been blessed having you as a friend and, fellow colleague and someone that I can turn to when I need someone to really get real and help me grow. So thank you. Thank you for, for just being who you are. Thank you. And thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate so it. I definitely encourage anyone listening that Jonathan, working with Jonathan, you don't have to be an expert in the Martini method, even wanting to know a little bit more about this. If you want to learn your values and then you also, I also encourage learning your partner's values and doing it together. I think it just brings a really great relationship fulfillment. Jonathan is definitely one of the best. So I'm going to put all of his contact information in the show notes and you'll be in really great hands working with him. Thanks for listening to the Extraordinary Living Podcast. For show notes for this episode and all past episodes, head over to JackieSenatori.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Until then, take care and be well.